Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. Today's episode is more about the identity. We are so much more than we can imagine. There's so much more to who we are, but we all have this identity that we believe is us. Actually, the identity is a patchwork of experiences that were observed from a perception of ourselves when we were quite young. We were forming our identity at the time, and things happen, and we caused us to believe we were something we were not. And then we layered new experiences onto this identity and it got to where it is now. What we are finding is that our identity that we're holding on to and wishing that people would accept is incredibly limiting. And it limits you from really moving towards the life that you want to live. The life that you're living now is just a factor of that identity. What happens is you receive a thought it interacts with your identity, it becomes personal, you have a feeling about it, and you project that out into the universe, and then you get a reflection back of that identity. Now, if you could make that identity malleable, if you could actually pick it apart and keep the stuff you like and discard the stuff you don't like, and then add to it what is more true about yourself and more expansive, you can then raise up in perspective and see yourself more and more and more clearly. But to do that, we'll have to make our identities malleable. One of the things that is really interesting about the quantum life theory is that the way that we get these identities is partly through our DNA. They have shown that some aspects of who we are, or some of our personality traits, are actually there in the DNA. They've done this in studies of twins who were raised separately, and the DNA markers show that they're you know, natural leaders, that's the DNA trait, or actually rule followers. There's all kinds of these traits, and most of them are DNA, not learned experiences. But the rest of them are things that happen to us in childhood, and we take it to mean something about us, and then we form these really hard limiting beliefs, and that gets part of our identity, and that identity then gets rigid and we are really hoping people will see us from this identity because we believe that how they feel about us matters based on who we're being, that sort of thing. We do have a quantum life theory event here at the Joshua House, July 28th through the 31st. It's an immersive weekend of education and games and fun and food and cooking and working together. It is an all-day event, Saturday and Sunday. It goes from nine in the morning through dinner and stuff, and even after dinner, and get into a lot of different parts about our identity and how to shift that and think differently. So if you'd like to have more information on the QLT weekend coming up July 28th through the 31st, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. We also have a new basic training program coming up in about three and a half weeks from now. We are putting together this next group. Uh, the basic training is a five-week course. It goes through the 24 biggest principles in uh, Joshua's teachings. You will learn to really understand these in a comprehensive way. And then week five, we go into how to use these concepts to radically shift your perspective in every area of your life. The purpose of the basic training is to get your perspective level in all areas of your life. A lot of people might have a high perspective in one area of their life and that area is doing well, but they have lower perspectives in other areas and they're struggling there or they feel stuck. All areas of your life are entangled and they affect each other. So 
it is a topsy-turvy life if you have some areas going good and some areas going bad. What the basic training course does is help you lift all those areas so that they're all doing well. And we work with these 24 concepts and then all the examples that we use and all the videos we have for each one, plus there's assignments in each one. And each assignment emotionally ties you to the concept so that you learn it at a deep level. We also have coaching calls during the week and Joshua live calls as well. So it's a lot of fun. You'll be doing it with people all over the world. It doesn't matter where you live. We do it on Zoom and you can do it from anywhere and you'll have a partner and a coach as well. Once you take the basic training course, you can take it again and even a third time if you like so that you make sure that you get every concept. So don't worry about the timing of it. Once you're in, you can take it many times. All right. If you'd like to learn more information about that, just send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. And remember to like and subscribe and leave a review and do all those wonderful things that you do. The reviews are very helpful and they get us up on the rankings of all the different podcast lists. So take a little time and see if you can find out how to do a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thanks for being here and enjoy this episode. We are thrilled to be here. Hey, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. So do you ever notice how you operate within a relationship, whether that's a friend or a partner or a mate or a parent or a child? You're operating from an identity, an identity that you think you've chosen, that you believe is accurate. You know your name, you know where you're from, you know your family, you know the history, you know the past that you can remember. And you think that that's who you truly are. And of course, it is that and much more. But it is somewhat limiting compared to who you truly are. This is a journey in this wonderful environment of reality called Earth, where you forget who you are. And so you adopt an identity based on the perception and the culture that you're born into, the rules of the society, the rules of your family, the values, what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, how to be with others, manners, all these things. You have experiences throughout your life, and those experiences cause emotion. Those emotions then are attached or form an identity. And then you add on to this and add on to it and add on to it. And then you get to where you are now. So the identity that you've created has allowed you to get where you are now, which is perfect. It's excellent. However, there's much more going on here. There's much more to this. Who you think you are is a mere shadow of who you truly are. Who you think you are is incredibly limited compared to the limitless being that you are. Who you think you are has confinements and boxes and ideas, ideals, outcomes, wants, desires. In amongst that, you have a basic perception of reality where you perceive that outside conditions and outside people are separate from you and can make you feel something. If they're nice to you, you feel good. If they accept the identity that you're offering, you feel very good. If they reject the identity that you're offering, you reject them. You don't like them. You want to correct them. You want to argue with them. You want to be right about this identity. You hold on to some value in this identity, and you believe that everything that you have is based on 
how you've been, who you're being, and what the life trajectory has caused you to accumulate along the way. Everything that has happened in the past was based on the identity that you believed yourself to be at that time. And we'll call that your perspective. That perspective allowed you certain choices, decisions, and actions. The behavior at any time in your life was dependent on that identity, was created from that identity. You didn't even have a choice of behavior. It was happening based on who you thought you were. You couldn't have done anything differently. You couldn't have made a different choice. You couldn't have taken a different action. The actions and decisions and choices were based in that perspective. Raise that perspective and you access higher quality actions, decisions, choices, as we've said many times. But how do you raise that perspective? You must let go of that identity. You must see yourself as more. Not as more of you as Bob or Sally or John. More of you as a relation to source, as a aspect of source. It's not what can Bob become, it's what can source become through Bob. And for source to become something that has never become before, Bob has to allow his identity to shift, shift upwards, to see himself as more worthy, to see himself as more capable, to see himself from this higher perspective of source, an aspect of source, and to see everything else as a reflection of that perspective. And so the people now are not judging him or arguing with him or being mean to him or even being nice to him or even loving him. The people are showing him a reflection of his perception of himself as a reflection of source, as an aspect of source. The more he sees himself as source, which means love, which means limitlessness, magnificence, fully abundant, fully free, absolutely in acceptance, and never needing to change anyone or anything outside himself, because it's all a reflection. Source has the power to create worlds. You are an aspect of source. You are creating your own world. Everything in your reality, that's your creation. How you perceive it is your creation. No one sees it the way you see it because it's not their creation, it's yours. This reality that you are creating and inhabiting is simply a reflection of how you see yourself in relation to source. This entire world is set up for source to forget who source is, to remember who source is, and then to say, what could I become in this environment as Bob or Sally or John? And to do this, Bob or Sally or John, has to let go of that identity, has to make it malleable. So when you're in a relationship with anyone, you're being this identity. And the feedback is in response to that identity. Is it positive? Do you feel good in every situation? Are you giving, 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 giving? Are you supporting? Or are you needing something back from them? Do you wish they were different than they are? Do you wish they would see you for who you truly are? Well, they can only see you for who you're being. That's the game. That's how this whole thing is set up. They can only see you representative of the limitations that you put on yourself. They are pointing out those limiting beliefs. 
at every turn. They're also pointing out the empowering beliefs and they're also showing affection and love and friendship along the way. And most of your beliefs are relatively empowering, but the limiting ones will be shown to you. If you are thinking anything is wrong with this perfect reality that you've created, because you are a perfect reflection of source, creating a perfect reality as a mirror to who you're being, to who this identity is at every moment. If you are loving this reality that you've created and full acceptance of it, that's the reflection you get. If you wish something was different, if you wish you could change it, you're not seeing the perfection of this reality. For to change a perfect reality would be to interfere, jump in, and screw up perfection. This idea that you are source is difficult to understand on purpose. You forget. You feel separated. You feel independent of your reality and other people. That's an interesting idea. Because in this forgetting and in this illusion of separation, which causes all fear, you'll have to overcome it somehow. Because you're emotionally sensitive, you feel when you're out of alignment. You feel when somebody is challenging something that you believe is true, but is not true. You feel it deeply. And this allows you to search and discover and find people and eventually find philosophies such as this. And then you get to this philosophy and the philosophy says, you are source, you are perfect, you created this reality, which is also perfect. And there's only one little false premise in here. Is it that you think you're separate, you forget who you are, and you perceive imperfection. You wish for perfection, but you think that's impossible. No one's perfect except for God. Well, what if you're God? Then you must be perfect. Nothing's perfect except for love. But what if you are love? Then you're perfect. What if there are no constraints on you and you can be, have, and do anything? What would you ask for? Would you ask for a change in yourself and other people and your conditions? Or would you ask this question? What could I become if I saw perfection? What could I become if I was taken out of this fear? If the fear and the illusion were no longer present in my life, sure, they'd still be present in other people's lives, but if I opted out of this fear and this belief in imperfection and separation, what could I become? Well, you know you're receiving inspiration. You know you're connected to your inner self. And without the fear, without the limiting beliefs, you'd be fully available to all the inspiration. You wouldn't have to figure out what you could become. You wouldn't have to figure out what to do. You wouldn't have to change anything. You could just be guided as the design of this universe is meant to be through inspiration. And without the limiting beliefs and without the fear, you would act. And the reason you don't act now is because of these limiting beliefs and this attachment to an identity. If I behave differently today, what will people think? Will they still love me? Will they still be in my life? Will they call me foolish for not trying to protect myself or doing this wild thing that I'm inspired to do? 
will they caution me not to do it? Will they even allow me to do it? It's not up to them. It's up to you. And the first step is to see yourself as far more than you think you are. There's absolutely nothing wrong with who you believe yourself to be now. And a lot of that is inherent. A lot of that is personality that you came with. Personality that exists in the non-physical. And a lot of it is fear. The fear is just layered through the experiences of childhood and earlier years where you believe something to be true that was never true. You were never bad. You were never wrong. You were never unworthy. You could always be, do, and have everything. But if you knew it, this wouldn't be a game. It wouldn't be challenging. It would be interesting. And so you forgot. And you believed what they told you. You believed your parents and the teachers and society and the experts. What we want you to do is now is soften those beliefs. The only true source of any information you need that's right for you is within. It is all within. They don't know you. They have no idea who you are. They are sifting and sorting and filtering information from their basis of identity and fear. For you to know what's right for you, meditate, go within, connect, listen to your inner voice, trust that inner voice. That inner voice will always be there when you can quiet your mind and you can get into alignment. But if you're worried, if you're concerned, if you're anxious, if you're wishing things were different, if you're hoping something changes, you're not in alignment. You're not connected. Connection starts with this idea of perfection. If you have nothing to worry about, you're in alignment. If you have no doubts, you're in alignment. If you're in a space and time when you're having fun, enjoying yourself, this is the time of connection. When you would detach yourself from your identity in meditation, your true nature is available to you. And that true nature is more powerful than you could ever imagine. So think a little bit more about allowing this identity to be malleable. Consider how you're being in relation to others and how you're asking them to perceive you in a certain way. If they perceive you in that way, you get some satisfaction, but it's never true. And it'll cause you to always want them to perceive you that way, which strengthens this limiting identity. Try something new. Try to be different than you've been before. And in meditation, look into, into the void, the void of no identity, the place of no thought, no time, no you, no nothing. If you can get into that void for just a little while, you can relax this identity, make it malleable. And in making malleable that identity, you can shift that perspective to see yourself more truly for who you are. And then the inspiration flows. And then you can make moves, not compared to what other people do or say or want, but just the thought that comes to you, because that thought is always for you. We are excited to talk to you about anything you want to talk about. Who would like to start? 
I have a question, Joshua. Rajna. It's sort of silly. You talk about what's in our environment. The other people are reflecting back to us, our identity. So my question is about ants. I've had ants um, go through my house for the past one week, and they're getting on my nerves. I tried to ignore them. Didn't work. I vacuumed them up. They came back. There's an endless supply of ants. So oh, I want to know what kind of message are they trying to convey to me? And do ants also reflect back to you how you're being? In this relationship to ants, do you love ants or do you hate ants? I hate them. If your reality is perfect, would there be ants in it? No. But there's ants in your reality. And we just got through explaining to you how perfect your reality is because it's a mirror to who you're being. Okay, so it's perfect. Well, it's perfect as a mirror. It may not be preferred, but in understanding the perfection of this, you say, ants are here for a purpose. Ants are here to show me something. Ants are here to show me that I could be annoyed with my environment or I'm impatient, or I wish that things would be different than they are, or I have no power over creating a space that is comfortable to me. Do you see that if you're trying to create a space that's comfortable to you, instead of you being comfortable in the space that you've already created, you're operating as a victim. We're not saying that you should like love or want ants. We're just showing you that all of these things that are coming into your reality are showing you, are you being the creator or are you being a victim? And there's nothing wrong with either one. If you want to be a victim, if you want to perceive that the ants make you feel something, then the ants are perfect because they come here to show you this aspect of your personality, your identity. You wish, 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 wish things could be different, but are you listening to inspiration? Are you accepting where you are? Are you accepting how everything is unfolding? Are you accepting that the ants are a way to check your vibration, to check your perspective, to check how you perceive yourself to be in this moment? If you're sealing yourself off from the world and there's not a lot of people coming in, well, then the ants come in because the manifestation event will come through whatever form. And this might be the best form. It's not gigantic spiders swarming all over the place. It's not a thousand rats coming in. It's not noisy neighbors. It's a few little ants. And it's a delicate little way to understand how you're being. So if you're being the source within you, you'd have a different kind of perception of this. If you accepted fully that the environment that you've created is perfect for you right now and will always be a reflection to the little nuanced ways you're seeing yourself, then everything that comes to you is coming for you, including the ants. And so it's your opportunity to say, okay, these bugs are coming in here and for some reason I have a sour taste in my mouth. I do not want them here. They are not invited guests. What is that? Why would I care? Where's this belief coming from that there's something wrong with a few ants coming in the house? 
what is the intensity of that emotion? And how is that tied to my identity in any way? You see, if you're always thinking that things should be different than they are, then you're going to be focused in, locked in on every little tiny detail that's not perfect. When you're locked in in that convergent level of focus, you're missing so much that's there for you. But this is how most humans are, especially those who have the ability to control their environment. If you're living in a village in a grass hut, ants are part of the furniture. You have no control over it. And so you learn to live with nature. If you are in a big city and you have a nice house, you assume that nothing should be able to get through those walls because this space is yours. You do not share it with anyone. And that kind of thinking is based in this identity. I have risen to this level of social status, and therefore I expect a standard. But you're not happy with it. And you want to change the walls, and you do change the walls. And you see how spectacular it is that you had the inspiration to do something and now you just love it. But then your mind wanders. You can't be in love with the bedroom and that be it. You have to, okay, well, this wall's not good and this window should be changed and this thing should be changed. And now there's ants coming in and pretty soon there's vines growing up to the side of the walls and the whole house is crumbling down around you. If you were not even in that house, that's exactly what would happen. Because the house is not necessary. The house has no energy without you in it. You are bringing the energy to that house you live in. But where's your focus? Is your focus on how incredible and extravagant and luxurious it is? Or are you looking for the little cracks that need to be fixed? And the tiny little flaws that nobody would notice? Are you looking for this in your life as well, in your personality, in your identity, in your relationship to others? Are you constantly looking for imperfections and seeing problems and seeing things that should be fixed? It's a way of living that is not a lot of fun. It's going to be challenging to live that way, especially at the higher perspective that you're at and the higher vibration. Some point you're gonna have to make a decision Am I the creator of this reality? If so, that crack is perfect. One day, I might be inspired to do something about it. And at that time, I will know what to do, and it'll be fun. But until that time comes, I'm going to accept that crack and just call it a feature of my environment. Not to judge it, not to think it's wrong, not to think it's bad. Just accept it as it is. And if you can start to do this with all these things in your life, all the people in your life, your town and community and government and nation and the world itself, easing up on it and seeing perfection rather than imperfection, then the ants won't need to come. But if you're trying to see perfection to prevent ants from coming, you are trying to change conditions still. You're trying to control it. So the ants allow you a way to practice. Can you accept them? Can you cohabitate with them? 
Can you be patient? Can you go through this time period from when the answer here to when the answer not here without suffering because they're here? If you can do that, then you will broaden this perspective of yourself. You will gain something from that. You will see yourself in a new way. If you can accept, accept, accept what is as perfect and then go within and ask the question, how have I invited these ants? And what are these ants to show me? You will get all the answers from your inner self. They will come to you. If you are not receiving them, it's because you are thinking information should come from outside of you. This is a very common thing. But this is a belief system based in victimhood. You have everything you need at all times to do whatever you need to do. And that includes information. And that information must be accessed from within. So we say, meditate, go within, and ask a question. And hear the thought. And if that doesn't work, write down your question on a piece of paper. And when you're inspired, just write an answer, whatever it is. You don't have to get it perfect. Just practice this idea that nothing exists outside me. And everything that's created, including the walls, the town, the people, and the bugs are here for you, to serve you, to show you who you're being. But I, I've reduced my intense focus on imperfection. So like, it's like, for example, the painted walls, I view it as really beautiful, but I have noticed flaws. However, I accepted the flaws. I said, everything is 99.9% .9 perfect. I'm not gonna get upset. And I appreciated the people who came and did the paint job. And I sent them a, a nice message of, you know, doing a beautiful job. So I'm not always focused on imperfection. That's it's why like, there's not a herd of lions in there. That's why they're just a few little ants. If you were focused on imperfection, if you were really in fear, there'd be a lot more going on. It would be a lot more obvious. It's just a little, tiny little thing called ants that are easy to deal with. But if you want to get the message of the ants, you got to understand that they're as perfect as that beautiful wall. And when you see the perfection in the ants and in every little thing, then you'll have a reality that reflects that perfection because that is the truth of this. Why do you dislike ants? Why do you dislike cockroaches? Why do you dislike lions in your living room? It's all the same thing. It's based in fear. The fear is this illusion of separation. Now, we won't want to go crazy with you here, but if the truth is there is no separation, then the answer you, and you are the ants. Excellent question. Who's next? Joshua, I, I have a question. Rebecca. Hi. So you just said something to Roshna, and I, and I love her questions. And you said, if you were really gripped in fear, it would be bigger than the ants. So I am dealing with something seemingly bigger than the ants, and that is not having a job, uh, financial concerns, blah, 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 blah. And this is a big fear, and it's really tapping into my feeling of safety. Excellent. You cannot 
access the true feeling of security by lingering at a job where you aren't ecstatic, where you aren't overjoyed, where you aren't giving, 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 giving. If you look at the job, maybe it was a bit transactional. Maybe at first you were excited by it, and at first you were enthusiastic, and at first you saw perfection. And then over time, things happened, and you might have perceived that somebody was saying something to you that was derogatory or didn't reflect what you were trying to show. And it took a little hit, a little negative emotion. And you were a little bit resentful. And then you said something that's very common. I will do X hours of work for X hours of pay. Now, you had an experience with this. And this experience showed you that your identity was not being validated. And that in this need for validation, you waited for others to respond to you before you gave to them. But let's imagine an inversion where you said, I need nothing from my, my reality. I need nothing from the job. I would work at this job for free. This is how excited I am to be here. This is how much I want to give. This is my contribution. I would do this for free. You would show up early. You would stay late. You would want to engage with every aspect of that job and those people and that business. You would be enthusiastic about all of it, but no one really is. And so you start to get resentful and resentful because you never seem like you're getting back as much as you're giving because it's transactional. And of course, it can never be that way because that's living from the outside in. That outside in approach to life is based in insecurity. So how are you going to learn security, perceiving that job as some security where it's just the illusion of security, because obviously it's not going to be there tomorrow. But you're perceiving, oh, as long as I have this job, I can pay my bills, I can afford to live this lifestyle and promote this identity, identity of successful, of intelligent, of gainfully employed, of respectable, of achieving a level of success where I can share this wealth with others and support others but you're not getting the message. You thought you got enough two years ago and you found this wonderful job. And you thought, I know enough now that I can lean into this experience. But he didn't remember about your identity. To have no identity is to be free, is to be abundant, is to be secure. The only reason you're insecure it's because you have this identity to prop up. You have this way that you want people to see you. And if you can't pay your bills, oh my. If you get evicted from your house, oh my, what will they think? It'll really take up a few dings on that identity. Now imagine that you didn't grow up where you grew up, that you grew up in a far-off land. And you didn't learn what you learned in school. And you'd have the parents and teachers and relatives there. You were taught from day one that you are source. And you are source living in this body, in this environment, 
that can't really remember it, can't really perceive it, and actually perceive separation. But here's how this game works. You go forward in service to that which you are spectacularly interested and passionate about. You're doing that which lights you up. You don't need money from that because just that way of spending your time every day doing what fascinates you, serving this community that you're in, this tribe that you're in, this family that you're in, not needing them to what? Validate an identity. You have no identity that you need to validate. You're just a member of this community. And this community loves and supports each other. And every member of the community is there to serve in any aspect they can. And they know they'll have enough food to eat. They'll have enough water to drink. They'll have a roof over their head. But they don't need anything more than that. In this focused attention on what you can give to your community, in this case, you get back everything you need and more. But guess what you get to do? Every moment of your day is lived in bliss because you don't need anything because you don't have this identity. And then you go off and leave this community and say, I'm going to explore something else. And then you find people who are living independent lives, who are trying to get by and working at jobs they don't love and driving the same way to work and working at little cubicles, nine to five, seeing the same people, talking about the same things and manufacturing an identity and maintaining that identity to the end, never allowing it to grow and change. And you look at these people and you say, are you passionate about working in that cubicle? Are you passionate about living in this busy city? Are you content with the community around you? Are you living in service? Or are you transactional, expecting everyone to give back to you based on what you give to them? It would be weird to live like most people in Western society live from that perspective. Maybe you could adapt to it. Maybe you could teach your way to others. Or maybe you return home. But you would see for sure that the approach to life of eking out a modicum of income by efforting and struggling and doing that which is expected of you just to maintain its identity so that you can live in that nice house and drive that nice car and go to those vacations and eat out at dinner. To you who were raised in this wonderful community of giving people and supportive community, we're all felt as one. The idea of having a car or a house would have no interest to you because you know so much more. You know what it's like to live in passion and bliss in service of others. You know what it's like to wake up every morning and can't wait to get the day started and to enjoy the wonderful weather and the nature and all the wonderful things that are around. Most people focus on the problems and try to solve problems in the vibration of the problem can't work. They never get outside of that problem. So when you're in the problem of not having a job, that's nothing. When you're in the problem 
of not having money come in that you're used to. That's not the problem. The problem is you were efforting and struggling and fighting against what you had created rather than leaning into it. That's not your fault. How are you going to know otherwise? Look at how you were programmed by your society. You were programmed to go to school and build up a resume and get good credit and buy all these things and live this way and take as much as you can for yourself because there's not enough to go around. You were taught to be proud of yourself. And of course you should be because there is a lot of illusions around here. And so to make it as spectacularly as you have is a wonderful thing. But you're asking for so much more. That's why you're here now. You're asking, how do I actually be secure? How do I actually be free? How do I actually be abundant? And that's by giving, by not needing anything from anyone. Find the thing that turns you on as much as you can. And when you get the chance, give it your all without expecting anything in return. And what you will find is more love in return because it has to come back more than you give. So if you're giving authentically in your next job, you find a job easily, you have this new vibration within you that says, whatever the next thing that is comes to me, I will lean in so intently and I will give and give and give. I will love and love and love. I will be there to support everyone. And the one thing I will not need is for them to see me as smart or good or anything like that. I will not look for the boss to say, good job. I will just do everything I can because this is how I'm going to find security. Not in having a job forever and retiring on a pension or social security, but living every day in bliss and joy. And you can only do that by giving. Now it'll seem counterintuitive. And at first the reflection is going to be back this woman's rather annoying, always wanting to help, 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 help. Sure, that's part of the process. That's a manifestation event, showing you a little bit of living belief that you still need a little bit of feedback. But eventually, the reality will catch up to the perspective. The perspective is, I've created this for me. All these people have come for me to show me who I am. I am going to be a giver, a lover, an acceptor. I'm going to lean in. And my security is guaranteed. It's my birthright. The hiccup in what you're perceiving as security is the illusion. You will believed security came from money from a job. You are secure. You're taken care of. You have everything you need. And if you need to lose this identity to leap forward, this is what you want. If you need to move to another place because you can't afford the place you live, this is what you want. If you need to move in with other people, this is what you want. You want to be flexible in this identity so that when the inspiration comes, when the offer comes, when the idea comes, 
that you won't compare it to the identity and say, well, if I did that, what would people think? You want to be who you truly are, not who you think you are. And who you truly are is this brilliant, magnificent, limitless, spectacular, leading edge explorer of physical reality, living on the edge of the edge of the edge of the edge, exploring things you humans would dare to explore. You're doing it. You're thinking from a higher perspective already. And so from that higher perspective, things come quickly and manifestation events come quickly. And if you're focused over here, looking at the illusion and believing that that is true, but you really want to understand what is true, which is your sovereignty in this environment. This is your creation. You cannot fail. You cannot lose. You can only live in the illusion and be in fear and live inauthentically, but you wanted to know more. And so you got this great job and you did well and you excelled. And then out of the blue, poof, you're gone because this is the best thing for you. It will always be the best thing for you. And you will elevate your perspective from this conversation and be led to the next thing. But whatever that next thing is, you must go in with a new attitude. That that is not my security. My security is guaranteed. It's my birthright. This is my opportunity. This is my possibility. Not as Rebecca, but as an aspect of source. I don't need to act like Rebecca anymore. I just need to think about what would my inner self do? What would source do in these shoes? Knowing what's true, what could source become within the illusion? This is the game that you're playing, that all of you are playing, that all of you who are listening are playing. What could source become in its incarnation known as me? When I get out of my own way and let that identity become malleable, I will get inspiration. When I become confident that I'm always guided, always connected, always supported from the non-physical, in every single moment of my life, I do not need to abide by fear. And when I realize that all these emotions are simply showing me, am I perceiving physical reality correctly or incorrectly? That's all it's showing me. It means nothing about me, Rebecca. It means how source is buying into the illusion. Well, source is dedicated not to buying the illusion. And that's why you feel negative emotion when you think about lack of money. That's the illusion. When you think about lack of security, and it doesn't feel good. That's the illusion. When you think others should be supporting you by giving you jobs or, or whatever, that's the illusion every single time. And when that's the illusion and you're living in that illusion, you have to be shown a manifestation event. You have to be brought back on track. And you want to be brought back on track. And so this change in your career is the best thing that could ever happen to you. And those of you, who are starting something new or contemplating something new, go in as source into this by giving rather than receiving. Non-transactional rather than transactional. Non-negotiable 
don't need to negotiate anything except what is being given and understand that it's not what you take, what you control, what you negotiate, what you wish for. It's what you give. Not that easy in the beginning, but when you get into this, when you understand that you need nothing from your reality, that you're here to breathe life into this reality through love, you will get so much more back. Wonderful question. Who's next? I have a question, Joshua. Excellent. Annie. So since I've been doing this work, I'm aware that prior to doing this work, I naturally followed inspiration and flowed through life and everything turned out great and perfect as it always does. And now that I've been doing this work, it's kind of put me in a freeze position of overthinking. Is this an urge? Should I act on this? Is this inspiration? I don't know. And kind of changing it up and leaving me a little stuck. So just was curious what you had to say about that. It's just the feeling of being stuck. What you're experiencing is being aware of what was always happening, but not being aware of it in the past. So now you're being aware of it and you're being given things to think about. Those who get into the boot camp starting week two, they start writing down their manifestation events. And lo and behold, they got a lot of them. Suddenly, for no reason, they have all these manifestation events they can write down. Well, why do you think that is? One, you're now aware of this process. And two, the universe definitely likes to show you something that you can talk about with your friends. So when you get to a very high level of perspective, you will be able to differentiate between the urge to change conditions, control conditions, and disconnect from the people in the environment and the inspiration that will always lead to more connection. But until you start thinking about this process, you will assume I had the inspiration to shoot that guy in the face. Felt really good. Made me feel great. But of course, that was movement towards disconnection. I had the inspiration to quit my job. I had the inspiration to get divorced. Most people will use this idea of inspiration as a way to justify their actions. But it's simply a matter of, in connection with my inner self, I receive ideas that will connect me further to this reality. In disconnection with my inner self, out of alignment, I will receive urges that feel like inspiration that will disconnect me from my reality. When that happens, you might think it's inspiration. When the inspiration comes, you might not act on it because of some limiting belief and fear. And to understand this process is just making you aware of what's going on right now. When you think about the past, the past is a blurry shadow and you can't really understand if the inspiration was an urge or true inspiration. Oh, I quit that job and it worked out perfectly because everything works out perfectly. But you may have spent a little time exploring the inauthentic self. That's also perfect because you went around in a circle for a while and you got back on track and you moved a little bit higher in perspective through that experience. Where you are now, though, is such a high level that you can consider, is this an urge to change the condition or is this inspiration? I don't know. Well, 
how am I going to figure this out? I feel stuck because now I can't take action. I'm not really sure if I should move forward on this or move forward on that. What would happen if I did this? It doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want to do. But real power comes in understanding the difference between urge and inspiration. Because when you stop acting on an urge, you stop creating your future from the same old routine. When you do something differently, when triggered, you leap up in perspective because you will feel the satisfaction and thrill of not throwing that punch and instead giving a hug, of not making the person wrong and instead being patient or giving some kindness. And when you know it's inspiration, but still feel the fear and you do it anyway, that's going to lead you to an even higher perspective. Because everything you're inspired to do that's true inspiration will bring up a lot of fear. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I'm not good enough. I don't have experience in that. I don't think that will lead me to my ideal. I think this will be a mistake. When you take action anyway on what you can do in the moment, it's going to lead you to more connection. And that experience is going to be perfect. And you can look back at the experience and see the perfection. And when you do your perspective will raise even higher. And as you do this process, as you occasionally do not act on an urge and more often act on inspiration, you will level up and you will move so radically out of the fear and the illusion. And you will start to see yourself in a new way and your identity will shift. And people will say, what are you doing? You look younger, happier, brighter, smarter. You look more connected. You look more involved. You are leaning into this life. What is your secret? And you'll say, I act when I'm inspired. I don't always act when I have an urge. And I consider the connection or disconnection to my actions. If an action is going to lead to disconnection, I'm going to think about it a little bit. I'm going to pause. I'm going to be patient. And if an inspired action comes and I don't think it's going to go where I want it to go, I'm going to push past that fear. And I'm going to do whatever I can do at the moment anyway. And this approach to life is expansive in a way that you and all of you intended to know how this system works. You have to sift and sort and go through some knocks and try new things. And eventually you'll be led here. And now that you're here, all that it requires is a little practice, a little patience, a little faith that these words and these teachings, when you experiment with them and when you think like you're thinking at this higher level and you're feeling stuck, you ask the perfect question at the perfect time because that's inspiration. And you connect. You connect with all the people on this call with all the people who will ever listen to this, and you will ask a question, they're all asking. And so the power of understanding the inspiration is magnitudes more than anything you can imagine. And the ripple effect of that action, just like the ripple effect of this answer to your wonderful question, will go on beyond anything you can see. And what it does is it connects everyone else. This is an amazing group of leading edge explorers who are thinking in a new way, 
and braving a new trail. No one else is doing it. You have no other examples. You're all figuring it out with each other, with your families, with yourselves, in meditation, with your inner self. But the mere fact that you're thinking in a new way is leading to you to higher and higher perspectives. And when you notice that you feel better now than you did a year ago, that you're doing things now you would never do a year ago, that you're not abiding by irrational fear, and you're not listening to what they're saying on TV, and you're not buying into the fear that others are craving, because that doesn't make you feel safe. You feel safe in connection to your inner self. You feel safe in the understanding that you will always receive whatever you need from within all the information, all the guidance, all the inspiration. And so your job is to learn, to grow, to practice, and to connect in alignment with your inner self, with the source within you. As you do this more and more and more, as you practice, you'll bump up against manifestation events and you'll have new ideas. Then you can share with others. Then you can ask another question. And then you can move to an even higher level. And when you're really brave, you'll start to share this with other people in your life. And you will not care what they say because you will realize you figured it out. You know it. You understand it and you feel it. And you'll have the confidence to offer this information in your own words in a way that will catch their attention. And when you do that, you will become the teacher. And as the teacher, you will learn from another perspective. And that learning will add to higher and higher levels of understanding and perspective yourself. So everything you are all doing is perfect. And just thinking in a new way for a little bit of time will bring you to aha moments and insights that no one else on earth has ever gotten before. And so we commend you, we thank you, and we are complete. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua. Thanks, Thank Joshua. You. Thank you, Joshua. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Well, there were some great questions on that one. It's interesting to see that when you are not being authentic, the universe is going to come by and it's going to present something to you in a way that will help you realize, if you're paying attention, that because something's not going well in this area, it's due to this identity issue. You want people to believe that you are the certain thing. And so you do things to have them believe that. But if it's not authentic, the universe is going to get in your way and shake things up and get you an opportunity to become more authentic. You really want to think about what you're doing in your life. Are you doing the same old thing? Are you just getting by? Are you just getting a paycheck? Is every day looking like the last day? Well, do you want to shake things up? Do you want to have a manifestation event that will show you the limiting beliefs that is preventing you from moving forward? Well, there's another way to do it. And of course, that is to get involved in learning something that's new and might be a little bit difficult. But when you start learning something, you take your mind off of your routine and off of all the problems of your life and you change your focus onto this new thing that you're learning. And then your brain operates in a new way. You have new wiring, new connectome going on there. And you start to have new experiences. 
and your focus becomes divergent, which means you'll allow in a lot more information and in the information is opportunities and inspiration. This will allow you to have experiences that will shift your perspective of yourself. The basic training program is an excellent thing to jump into. It is a little challenging. It is uh, five weeks. There are 24 concepts that we get to know. We have a daily spiritual practice. You have a meditation to do. If you're not meditating now, you need to start meditating. Meditation is the key to all of this, and it does not work if you don't meditate. There are free meditations on the website, so there's no excuse. They're guided. It's easy. You just close your eyes and listen to it, and it will do the work. But meditation is very important. A daily spiritual practice is important. Community is really important. So by being in the basic training program, you're part of that community and part of the Joshua community. We have our own private Facebook group just for us. No one else will see what we're doing in there. And we have all these calls. We have three calls a week. And you can jump on those calls, or if you miss one, you get it recorded and sent to you. Uh, and then if you want to, you can do the basic training program again and stay involved. When you start to do something new and something a little challenging and it's something that you're committed to, that's when the wiring in the brain changes. That's when your identity becomes more malleable. And that's when you shift in perspective. As you shift in perspective, amazing things happen. One is you have much more clarity and you get new information. Where you are in perspective now limits the input of information. It limits what you can receive because you can only receive up to that perspective. Shift that perspective and you get more information. Keep shifting it and more information flows and flows and flows, and this helps you continue to raise your perspective. Turns out this is a game of perspective. How do you see yourself in your reality in relationship to how your inner self sees you how do you see yourself in relationship to source? That perspective means everything. When you start to see yourself more as source, you literally transcend the fear. You transcend the self. This is called an ecstatic life. Uh, ecstatic definition, of course, is joy and excitement and exhilaration. But there's also the definition of self-transcendence. We are transcending this identity. And this podcast episode was a excellent example of how our identity is limiting and how to transcend it. So think about joining the next basic training program. What we're learning is through the quantum life theory program is that if you don't choose your challenge, one gets chosen for you. If you're doing the same routine, if you're unwilling to change, if you're unwilling to give it a go, if you have too much fear, something's going to brought, be brought into your life that will be challenging. So you might as well choose your challenges, as we say, and push past your fear and send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com, and I'll send you all the information. That's all you got to do. Push past your fear, send an email. That's it. Once you've done that, everything else will take care of itself. Thanks again for being here. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, leave a review, all that wonderful stuff. We totally appreciate you. See you next time. Bye.